Welcome to another episode of Dulas. I'm Levi Bimba, and today we're going to talk about the degradation of a culture. So when we look at various cultures over history, we see that there's a lot of rising and a lot of falling of nations. Some last longer than others, like the Roman Empire or the British Empire. Some take a, a shorter turn of history, and, and then they're lost to the history books. But I wanted to take a closer look at our own nation today, the United States of America, as we are literally seeing the crumbling of one of the greatest nations in the history of the world. And the Bible talks clearly about this in the greatest and the most clearest passage of scripture that is discussed regarding the fall of a nation or the fall of a culture is shown in Romans 1. And Paul's writing to the Romans. He had never visited them yet, but he was writing to them and he was going to explain to them the gospel of God, which is the power of God unto salvation, as Romans 1 verses 16 says. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So Paul is stating here that the only hope for salvation, the only hope for Jew and Gentile alike, is the gospel of Christ. And that's the only hope for our nation today, for people to change their ways, for people to change from living in sin and living in darkness to living in righteousness and living in light is for them to believe the gospel of Christ. That's the only hope that we have today. But because people do not want to believe the gospel, they want to stay in sin, they want to stay in unrighteousness. Paul shows us and outlines for us what happens in a culture when they are under the wrath of God. And again, we go back and talk about why we're under the wrath of God is because we are full of sin. And because God is a just and holy God, he must deal with sin. He, he, and the Bible calls him the just judge of all the earth. If he is the just judge, then he has to deal with sin. And there's various ways that God deals with it, temporarily speaking. But there's also the eternal way that he speaks, that he deals with sin. That's in hell or in the lake of fire. So, but today we're going to talk about God's temporal wrath, his wrath that it takes place within time and not quite yet within eternity. So this is what happens in a culture. And I'll start reading at verse 18 in Romans chapter 1. And it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So the Bible is saying here that the wrath of God is revealed. So when you see, when, if you want to know what the wrath of God looks like, Within a temporal temporal time frame, you just have to go to Romans one and 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 it'll explain it for us. So it says the wrath of God is being revealed. This is present tense. So the wrath of God is revealed right now. What we're what we're about to get into is the wrath of God at work. In verse nineteen, it says because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, talking about men and women, for God hath showed it unto them. So there's no secret. God God God's word has revealed to us and shown us that He has revealed that. He exists, that he is, that he is, that God is there, that he is the self-existent, self-eternal being that has all power and has all might and is the creator. So the Bible is telling us plainly that God has made it manifest to us. We are not uh, necessarily in, 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 in ignorance regarding who God is. It says, for God hath showed it to them. So when people ask for evidence, the Bible says, well, God's already shown you the evidence. It's like somebody... You say, like claiming to have $100,000 in your bank account and you show the person the evidence of it, but they claim, like, we, I need more evidence. Well, that, this is the evidence right here. I'm showing it to you right now. That's, that's the same kind of scenario that, God is, that God's word is saying, that he has already shown people the evidence for his existence. 
So verse 20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So again, this is going back and saying, even the, the invisible things of God, his, his attributes, his power, his might, his authority, and even him himself. You know, John or Jesus says in John 4 that God is the spirit. And the Bible says that no one has seen God at any time in John 1 as well. But uh, Romans 1 is saying here that the, from the creation of the world, we are able to see who God is and understand his eternal power in God is, his authority, his power. We see it in creation when we see oceans, when we see mountains, when we see nature at work, when we see a baby being born, when we see houses being built and, 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 and an economy at work. All these various things that we take for granted are actually God manifesting himself to us in creation. And so it says that we're, we're without excuse. We have no excuse in our culture. We have no excuse, especially within America, when we see the, the hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of patents that are out there for inventions, for uh, new ways of doing and looking at things within medicine, within technology, within sports, within uh, the food industry, all the various uh, technolo technological advances that have taken place are just more and more of the evidence of God at work within man, giving us that creation and innovative power and understanding to build these things that we map out on paper. Verse 21, it says, but because that because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. And that's a key word there, because that, this is kind of like the heading that Paul is getting into or before he gets into the meat of what he's saying, this is the heading of how our culture first degrades. It's when they are not thankful to. So they don't know who God is, even though God has shown it to them. And then on top of that, they're not glorifying him and they're neither thankful to him. That is key right there to show that a culture is on the down is on the downtrend when they are when they are not willing to be grateful and thankful to God who has given them the wealth and the power and the and the ability to create such a, a magnificent place for them to live in namely America and it says but they be, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened so when you refuse to glorify God when you refuse to worship him and you're refusing to be thankful for him God will uh, you will become vain in your imagination. You'll, you'll, you'll have empty thinking. You won't know how to think straight. You won't know how to understand reality. And you'll just start to make up your own reality. And we're seeing that with postmodernism. People are saying that, you know, that's true for you, but it's not true for me. As if truth is something malleable to what we would like it to be. When that's the, that's the direct opposite, direct opposite of truth. Truth excludes Anything that's erroneous. Truth is truth regardless of in, if, if we're in 1920 or in 1820 or 2020. It doesn't matter. Truth is always true and it stays true. And that's, a, that's the very nature of truth. It doesn't change. And it doesn't change because we know God never changes and God is a God of truth. Jesus himself said, I am the truth. And because Jesus is God, God never changes. Truth never changes. But our foolish hearts are darkened. So verse 22, it says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four footed beasts and creeping things. So we start to worship creation. We start to worship Mother Earth. We start to worship even animals and give and give more uh, more value and weight to unborn eggs, eagles, eagles, eggs more than un unborn babies. So well, there's a fine that you'll get for destroying eagles eggs. 
but you will but it's perfectly legal to mutilate and and destroy and cut up a baby within the womb and these people proclaim themselves to be wise to think this way as if this is wisdom coming down from the heavens when it's just their foolish heart is being darkened and the wrath of god is at work in the minds of people who have refused to worship him and now their, their minds are just broken. They can't think straight. It's not that they won't. It's, it's saying that they can't. This is what happens when you refuse to worship the true God. In verse 24, it says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So this is the result. You refuse to worship God. You, be, you claim to be wise when you actually become a fool. And then you change the glory of the incorruptible God into the image of of corruptible, corruptible man. So we start to worship creation. Like there's a lot, millions of gods within within Hinduism, or uh, uh, Aztec gods, or or even Mormon gods, where there's millions of potential gods at work, uh, and there in these various false religions. And this is what happens when you when you refuse the revelation that God has given to us to live and to worship Him. We tend to make up whatever we think is right, and then we claim ourselves to be wise, even though we are, are rejecting what is true, what is right, and what is good for us. So it says God gave them up. So this is God's. This is one way that God reveals His wrath to a nation. He gives them over to their un uh, to their lustful, unlawful desires, and He allows them to do whatever they want to do. And we are seeing that. Within our culture, we're seeing a complete perversion of, sex, of sexuality, a complete uh, undoing of obvious, uh, clear distinctions between male and female. And we're pretending like these don't exist and we are fighting against them. And we people in the culture are claiming that they are more wise or more woke and they're not blind anymore when they start to see these kinds of things taking place within the culture. And we're so focused on. Our own per, per, of creating our own identities, whether it's color, whether it's sexuality, that we are completely rejecting the revelation of God that He has laid down for us in His Word. So our minds are our minds become darkened and become foolish. And it says in verse twenty-five that who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who was blessed forever. Amen. And, then, and you think about it, we, we are created by God, but we are now worshiping ourselves. So whatever I feel must be right. Whatever I think must be right because it makes me feel happy. And we hear that phrase all the time, do whatever makes you happy or this makes you happy. Or, you know, if, if it's not hurting you, then you shouldn't be judging somebody else about it. The problem is it's not about whether or not it hurts me or not. It's about whether or not it's true, whether or not it's right, whether or not it's good. It's not about whether or not it makes me uncomfortable. Uh, my feelings are irrelevant. What's relevant is true. It's truth and righteousness and holiness in a nation. Now, the Bible says that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So whenever a culture engages and, 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 and indulges in sin and accepts it and praises it, that's another key factor of showing that that culture is under the judgment of God. So it continues to verse 26. It says, for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affection. So this cause, they, the cause is they change the truth of God into a lie. We're rejecting scripture. We're going to reject the revelation of God of, and of how he has operated his world. And we're going to do it our own way, even though we would never allow that to have, take place on our own, you know, from, from somebody else. We would, ne we would never allow, we would never allow somebody to come and tell us how to run our lives in detail and then, and, and just accept it. We would never do that, but that's what exactly what we're doing to God. 
we're telling him that even though you created this world, even though you are you are the fount of all wisdom, even though you are the source of all truth and light and and, and what is good, we are going to tell you that you don't know what you're doing and we have a better way of living life. So God's saying, OK, you do what you want to do. You know, the phrase is you do you or be yourself or be your, be your authentic self. And that's what God's allowing us to do. But that but we don't understand that that's part of our judgment. That's part of the culture's judgment uh, and experience of God's wrath that he will allow you to do what your foolish, unwise, darkened heart wants to do. And here's the evidence of that. So God gave them up unto vile affections or even their women to change the natural use into that which is against nature. So I, I want to focus on that phrase that says even their women and women, I think, naturally have a more um, have a more caring spirit, a more loving spirit. And they have a more they have a they have maybe an acute sense of knowing when somebody's in need. And, and caring about somebody and they have a they just have that innate sense because God made them that way to be able to care for children and and care for their husbands and things like that and care for their friends and you know that phrase is that hell hath no hath, hell hath no fury like a woman scorn and there's some truth in that that women feel deeply because they have that they have a, just a a well of love and, and affinity for their children for their husbands for their friends and their families but uh, this phrase, it says, even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. So it's like even the women have gone down a terrible path. They, they're engaging in lesbianism. They're engaging in abortion. If you can imagine, women are fighting for their right to mutilate and kill their own babies. These are supposed to be the most caring, the most tender, the most kind among us. But they are even guilty of just complete and utter uh, degradation of the culture because of this abortion issue and people women especially and men have fallen into this um, have fallen into the sin and engaged in it and fought for it and even have cried and and and, and screamed and, and are proud of killing babies in the womb this is part of the wrath of God at work verse 27 it says and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet, which was suitable. So even women who engage in lesbianism didn't stop there because not even men are engaging in homosexuality. Instead of using the, the woman, uh, you know, finding a wife and, and marrying her and engaging in sexual activity with her to create a, a child and, to, and create love and to enjoy one another's love and affinity, we have now burned in our lust as men towards one another. So homosexuality is now praised in the culture. It's now a good thing. It's now uh, acceptable to be, to, to, you know, to be a homosexual and to be a lesbian as if these are just natural good things. But this is actually the experience of the wrath of God at work in our culture. When these sins t begin to rise to a level of acceptance and not just acceptance, but demanding praise and affirmation, this is just a sign of God damning a culture. God's wrath is at work. Verse 28, it says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. So we don't even like to keep God in our thoughts. We don't want to think his thoughts after him. We don't want to meditate on his word. We don't want to live according to his word because we just want to do what makes us feel good. That's all that matters. If this is making me feel good, then it must be right. And I'm just going to I'm going to twist God's law. or I'm just going to reject it all outright and live my own life and 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 think that I'm doing what is wise and what is good for myself. And really, I'm just showing myself to be a fool and under the wrath of God. 
And then it continues that because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over. So this is the third time. It says, God, in verse 24, God also gave them up. Verse 26, it says, for this cause, God gave them up. And then in verse 28, it says, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Reprobate mind is just completely backwards, unfunctional. It's not useful for anything. And that's what we see in our culture today. You know, in the, in the beginning, God made male and female. That's, that's basic uh, knowledge. Children understand the, the difference between a boy and a girl. That's just, that's just natural for us. But now today, we are telling children that, no, there are multiple genders. You don't want to uh, go with what, what gender somebody was assigned at birth. And all these things that are, are being told to children regarding the most natural, basic, obvious thing about themselves of whether or not they are male or female. We are now taint, taint, changing that and perverting that and accepting that and, and trying to blend the roles of male and female to make it seem as if we know what we're doing when we are just go, rejecting God's law and this is the fruit of it. Now we have vain imaginations. We have a reprobate mind. We can't think straight. We can't think reasonably. We're talking about you know, abolishing police. We're talking about uh, killing babies in the womb. We're talking about engaging and teaching children to mutilate their bodies, to cut off their breasts. If you're if they're a young teenage girl who wants to be a boy, cut off your breasts, you know, cutting off male penises and things like that to make to to turn them into women. I mean, these are just people that just can't think straight. They have a, a reprobate mind. It's just completely degre degraded. And this is part of God's judgment on a culture. And we have parents who are engaging and teaching their children this kind of behavior. And these parents are also under the wrath of God because they started off not wanting to be grateful to God, not wanting to worship him, not wanting to give him glory and honor, not wanting to thank him and not and getting to the point where they don't even want to retain God in their knowledge. They just want to get rid of him and get rid of any standards, get rid of any truth, anything that is good and righteous and holy and just place in their lives whatever they think will help them live and help them feel good about themselves. And we talk about diversity and inclusion of all people and all things. And there's really no limiting, limiting principle anymore because once you have rejected the standard of holiness and of righteousness and what is good, there is no standard. There is nothing out there that you can reject now because you have now forgot, you have rejected the only limiting principle, which is the word of God. So it says, God gave, them, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, which are not useful, which are not good, which are not you know, uh, helpful or, or, or aiding in human flourishing. So it says in verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness. So people are now engaging in you know, rampant sex, uh, rampant wickedness coveting, desiring things that don't belong to you, your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's car, your neighbor's house, your neighbor's bank account, you know, just malicious, you know, pranksters that are going around just pranking people and thinking and saying that it's funny. And this is, this is all for just funny games, just, or just people doing malicious evil, cutting people off, getting them in accidents, you know, slapping people on the back of the head, you know, throwing, I remember seeing a video of a guy going up to an older man is hitting, hitting him in the head with a brick and running away. And people were filming it, laughing about it. I mean, this, this is just pure maliciousness, maliciousness and evil at work. I remember watching a documentary back in high school or in college about, I think it was called The Lost Children of Broward County or Broward County, something to that effect. But these were 13 and 14 and 15 year olds that were having sexual orgies over, you know, as just a natural way of life. They had parties and they would have orgies all the time with one another. And the guys were talking about how they would 
there was a train of guys going to one girl to do whatever they wanted to do with her. And then they were just, it was like an amusement park. Just the girl was the, was the ride and, and they were just going one after the other. And this was just accepted behavior amongst them. And this is what happens in a culture when there's no righteousness being taught from the, from the top down. There's no, there's, there's no limiting principle. You reject God and anything goes on the culture. So it moves over to full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity. I mean, people are just constantly killing and murdering and envying one another. There's constant violence in the streets. There's constant debating on you know cable, you know cable TV. We don't want to listen to one another. There's, there's no, there's no grace. There's no forgiveness. There's no. Uh, we're, we're all swift to speak and slow to hear now. Instead of being swift to hear and slow to speak, it's just complete madness out there. Uh, there's deceit malignantly. You know, people are not willing to tell the truth. It's all about slanting the news. That's why there's the phrase that uh, former President Trump coined in the culture, fake news. And that's always been there. It's just risen more and more to the forefront because of the wrath of God at work. You have malignity. You have, you have whispers, people that are constantly gossiping and, and tearing down people behind their back and not willing to go confront people man to man or woman to woman with issues that they have, they rather just talk about them behind their backs and slander them even, and you know, <laughs> exaggerate what took place to make the person who feels victimized better about themselves. It's just, it's madness in this culture. We have backbiters, we have haters of God, and people truly hate God. They don't want him there. We, we, you know, one person that comes to mind is Richard Dawkins, who has blasphemed God's name for decades now and has continued to do so and has continued to malign the church and malign those who who love Christ and 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 serve Him, and even though he he's just, he's a, just another example of the wrath of God. You know, Christopher Hitchens when he was alive doing the same thing. It continues. It says, uh, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, and we have to you know, stop and think about that. Proud and, and boasters. We everybody boasts about their their good looks, about their strength, about their money. And President Trump, when he was in office, and he was extremely guilty of this boasting of being, you know, having the most success or the greatest this, the greatest that. That's one of those things of God's uh, wrath at work when you are comp- always boasting and 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 uh, uh, bragging about yourself as if you are some great thing. When the Bible says, if you think yourself to be something when you're nothing, you deceive your own self. We are nothing. We don't have the right to brag about anything because. It's we're only alive by God's grace. We we don't we we don't we have no right to puff ourselves up. This says inventors of evil things uh, and disobedient to parents, and I think that's a huge problem today. We are all we we all see that. And I, a phrase that I always stick with me is that there are no delinquent children, only delinquent parents. And even though this phrase says disobedient to parents, I think certain parents that allow their children to disobey constantly and, and never want to discipline them, never want to to show them what is good and what is right, they are at they're at fault in that case. Even the Bible says if you don't discipline your child, you hate your child. If you're not willing to, to spank them, to show them love by disciplining them, you don't really love your child, you hate them. But this is what happens in the culture where children disobey their parents. They don't care what their parents have to say. Their parents are old fashioned. They don't know what they're thinking. They don't know what they're doing. Of course, I was guilty of that, too. I thought my parents were not smart and not wise when I was a teenager and, and even older. And I thought I knew better. And, and now, you know, the older I've gotten, I realize they knew a lot more than 
than what I give them credit for. And I should have listened more and more to them when I was growing up and I would have, I would have saved myself a lot of trouble. But this is what happens in a culture. When the wrath of God is at work, children just don't care what their parents have to say. And those parents growing up probably didn't care what their parents had to say either. It's just a chain that continues on and on. And it says in verse 31, without understanding, people can't understand. We can't think logically. We can't think rationally. We can't think in a way that is sound, that is reasonable. We just think whatever we feel. And then when somebody counteracts what we feel, we think that they're wrong. And it's just crazy. We don't want to listen to what is good, what is sound, what is true. We don't want to sit down and actually do the hard work of thinking. It's, and I think that's part of the reason why we have a culture of just, it's just where feelings have just risen and become more important than what's true and what's real. It's because when you actually have to sit down and do thinking and do research and actually sit back in your chair and think, give it good 30, 20, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours of thinking and reading and, and trying to comprehend what went wrong or what went right in this situation, that's a lot of hard work. It's a lot easier just to say, oh, you know, I don't feel like I like this. I feel like I feel like that's wrong. And I don't want to do the hard work of thinking, well, how will this affect the next person? Or am I holding this person to the same standard I'm holding this person to? It's just better to do what feels good and, and think what feels good and not have to do the hard work of research and, and data and listening to other sides of, of issues. So it continues, it says covenant breakers, you know, a lot of divorce, a lot of broken homes because people did not want to keep covenant. People don't want to keep their word. People don't want to keep their, contra their contracts. That's why there's a lot of suing goes ar going around. That's why lawyers make good money because they're constantly defending or, or, or representing somebody who's suing another or, or, or somebody who's being sued. It says without natural affection, implacable, meaning just you cannot placate somebody. You can't satisfy them. Nothing is good enough for people that it always has to be better it always has to be we always want more and more and more we are never satisfied with what we already have we're not we're not thankful to god we think we deserve more we think we deserve better because we think we're we're so great we're so vain in our imaginations that we think we deserve better and better more and more we deserve more money more housing uh, more vehicles I, I deserve more happiness i deserve acceptance i demand acceptance if you don't accept the way i think or the way i live my life then you know, you ought to be removed. You ought, you ought to lose your job. You ought to be canceled, as they say in cancel culture, from doing whatever you do because you are not bowing down to the image of myself and accepting who I deem I should be in your eyes. And it says unmerciful. And that's exactly what we say in cancel, in cancel culture. We don't want mercy for anybody. We don't even want to pretend to try to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's if you do something wrong that I deem is wrong or unnecessary or evil or, or hurtful to me or to my existence, you ought to suffer the consequence of my wrath and I will get you fired. I'll get you beat up. I will dox you. I will make sure that people come to your house and threaten you because you have to accept my way of thinking. If you don't, you don't care. You don't care about what is good and what is right for me because what's good and what is right for me ought to be good and what's right for you. And no standard is, is accepted other than the standard of what I feel and what I think. That's dangerous. We live in now in, a, in an unmerciful culture. There's no mercy for those who make mistakes and, and for those who, 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 do, who commit evils or, or do what's wrong. And, and that's another function of the wrath of God. And it says in verse 32, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Again, remember, this is all under the heading of the wrath of God being revealed. People are uh, 
people are engaging in vile affections, lesbianism, homosexuality, there's children who are disobeying their parents, people engaging in fornication, boasting, adventures of evil things without understanding, covenant breakers, all these functions, all these sins that are being read are a function of these people who have rejected the glory and the, and the grace of God and have rejected the, the, his revelation of how we ought to live and operate in society. And that's how you see a culture within the downtrend where righteousness and justice and truth and, and goodness are now thrown by the wayside for the sake of feelings and, and sinful behavior and sinful thinking that makes us feel better about ourselves when we are just really showing ourselves to be under the wrath of God. And God has given this culture over to, a, to, 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 uh, to empty thinking, to empty living. And that's part of the reason I think we see suicides on the rise, because people have, are indulging their sin. And what, the, what are the wages of sin? The wages of sin are death. The wages of sin is death. There's no, uh, there's no, there's no way around that. And even all these sins that we commit, the envy, the murder, the deceit, the whisperers, the backbiting, all these things are worthy of death. It says in verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God, and the judgment of God is that they which commit such things are worthy of death. If you are a homosexual, you deserve death. If you're a lesbian, you deserve death. If you're a liar, you deserve death. If you're full of envy, you deserve death. If you are a gossip, you deserve death. If you're a backbiter, you are worthy of death. If you are proud, if you're boasting, if you're wicked, if you're committing fornication, you are worthy of death. That's the law of God. That's the standard of God because all sin requires death. And that's how God will judge the world. There's no man that can escape death, no woman that can escape death, which is why the only hope for a culture like this is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel that says if you will repent of your sin and turn from your empty, vile imagination you, and accept and, and believe on Christ as Lord and Savior, you will be saved. And it's not that you will, uh, you will you get saved so you can think right. It's that you get saved to have your sins forgiven, to have the wrath of God appease so that you don't have to suffer that wrath being played out in your life or being played out in eternity on you. But you'll, you'll have, have righteousness, you'll have peace, peace, you'll have joy, and you'll be able to, and um, because of all those things, you'll, you'll naturally be able to think better. You'll be able to think straightly because you'll be able to think in accordance with how God himself has made the culture. So that's what I want to get across to you today is that even though we are living in a culture that is going downhill, and we know why it's going downhill is because they've rejected the only thing that can help it, which is the word of God, the standard of God. And now we are seeing God's wrath being revealed on our culture at work. And as Christians, we just pray and we continue to preach the gospel and we continue to love our neighbors and we continue to love one another in the church and pray for one another and help one another and not be lured into the worldly thinking of our age, which has just brought wrath upon them. So... Uh, go back and read Romans 1 and, and, and read it for yourself and, and, and find out what God has revealed and re realize that God's word matters, that the truth matters, that this truth will continue to matter forever because God's word stands forever. There is not one jot or tittle of the law that will pass away before heaven and earth, before heaven and earth Jesus said. So our job is to study it, to read it, to, to delight in it, and to, and to find joy in the fact that God has revealed what wants for us to know and that he has given us the power within his spirit to live out his law and that we don't have to do it on our own we and we thank god for that 
So thank you for listening today. I pray that this helps you and I want you to subscribe to the channel if you can on YouTube or uh, hit the subscribe button on the Apple podcast or Google podcast or whatever podcast uh, system you use. I think there's, there's, there's a lot of them, but I'm on at least Google and Apple off the top of my head, I know. Um, but if you have any questions, you can feel free to comment on YouTube or or on the Facebook page, you can follow me at uh, Do Lost Podcast, or you can follow Do Lost Podcast on Twitter. And on Instagram, you can follow the Do Lost Podcast, D O U L O S. So, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Do Lost.